0: Right. I may as well. <laughs> may as well. Uh it is great seeing you guys. Change is change is an uncomfortable word. Amen. Some people like it. Um, some people are like, Ooh, change. No. Don't change the uh service time. Um I think we're probably gonna like ten o'clock. I don't know about you. But how many years have we done eleven o'clock in the church service in, in churches, right? 10 o'clock sounds pretty good now, you know. Um, you know, we're just resistant to change people, churches, uh, in general. Um, but, but what about like changing clothes? Like, you know, I, I don't know about you, but like I was, my mom's probably watching, when she watches it later, she'll, she'll laugh about it because she knows it's true. I, I got home had to change clothes. All right. It was immediately when I was growing up, I had changed clothes, had to put my playing around at the house clothes on. You know, uh, on the why I couldn't wear what I wore to school that day, but you know that wasn't in the cards. Okay, it was you know. Uh, and and she said I changed my clothes multiple times a day, uh, depending on the situation. And both my girls uh, did that for a time as well, which is kind of funny. All right, but uh, but cha- but uh, you know, changing clothes, and that's the title of today's message. We are in sermon number twenty-five. Uh, which means we have we're about uh, 25% done. Just playing, just playing. All right, no, uh, we're, we're we're about <laughs> we're we're about halfway. Uh, actually, we're over halfway and um, uh, through the book of Ephesians. Um, thank you for letting me take kind of a dirt road there. Uh, the last time I preached, at, you know, and uh, the Easter sermon, and, and uh, I appreciate some some of the words, some of the compliments. Um, uh, Mr. Tommy said asked if I had uh, if we had if y'all had given me a raise. Um, and said, uh, said um, you know, and I said, why did you say that, brother? He said, because you were preaching today. So I don't know what exactly I did for the first two years uh, here, but uh, I preached apparently that last time. I, I'm just playing with you, man, just playing. But anyway, um, I did miss you guys. But uh, when you talk about salvation, uh, we're looking at today, we're looking at real Christianity. Um, when we were saved, we were given a new wardrobe, right? And we're going to look at that today. Um, but we have to take off the old clothes and put on some new ones okay and it would you know be kind of silly for my, my niece Bethany who's getting married in a little uh, a little while uh, from now for her to be um, wearing her bridal dress to go play basketball you know would look right would it look kind of strange you know it right? might be kind of cool if you got basketball but you know it, it would be strange in the same way you know we look pretty silly to the world whenever we don't live out the change in our hearts right now yes we should be different I'm not saying that. We're called to be different. Uh, Our walk should definitely match our talk. Amen. But what I'm talking about is the fact that as Christians, and it'll be up here in just a moment, um, and she probably already has it up there, that real Christianity involves knowing Christ, repentance, and recreation. And uh, I want, before I go into what we're looking at today, which is verses 20 through 24, I want to go back, because it's been a couple weeks, you know, last week I was here, and the week before we did an Easter message. And so it's been a couple weeks, and I just want to kind of go back and read just a couple verses before uh, what we're reading today uh, for context. And so Ephesians 4, 17 through 19, it's not up there, Miss uh, Miss Rhonda, so it's not up there on the screen, y'all, so you'll just listen to me, or you can go to it if you had your own Bible or one in the pew there. Uh, reading Ephesians four seventeen through 19 it says, Therefore, I say this and testify in the Lord, you should no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. We talked about this the last time we were in the book of Ephesians. They became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with the desire for more and more. All right? Which brings us to this. As he says, that's how y'all used to be. But let's look at today. So, here we go. Ephesians 4, verses 20 and 21. But that is not how you, as Christians, you who are saved, came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about Him and were taught by Him as the truth is in Jesus. Number one, number one point today, and everything is in my little central statement there, if you're taking notes. Number one is knowing Christ i talking about real Christianity, you have to know Christ. Now, notice it doesn't say this. It does not say, but that is not how you came to know about Christ. That is not how you came to learn about Christ, right? Whether or whatever, it doesn't say that, does it? Because um, it, it says it came, it's, that's not, that is not how you came to know Christ. Because it is possible to learn about Christ and to know about Christ, but not know Christ. Amen? All right. It was amen or owe oh me because it was me for years and years. I sat in a pew you know, uh, and heard, heard preachers preach their hearts out. Now, I knew I could tell you about them. I went to Sunday school. I could tell you about Christ. But again, we talked many times about that di- the difference from the head to the heart. Okay, knowing about Christ is not the same as knowing Christ uh, as your Savior. And in this, he says it right here in the Scripture. That is not how you came to know Christ. Again, it doesn't say that's not how you came to know about Christ. It's how you came to know Christ. The word for came to know, actually, and this is one of the details y'all know I love, I love to, to find here whenever I'm preparing the messages. It says, the word for came to know does not only refer to head knowledge, but also to relational knowledge, which is just pretty cool to me. All right? it, it, it is, again, it, the point's being made. This is not head knowledge. It is a re- relationship. It indicates a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay? And there's a similar passage in Colossians. And, uh, you know, Colossians and Ephesians kind of, they, they parallel one another often, especially in the, in the Scripture that we've been in the last, uh, lately. Uh, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7, look at the similarities. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in Him, being rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with gratitude. Being rooted, I, I like that uh, the idea again. Just as you have received Christ as Lord, continue to walk in Him, to to be rooted and built up and established and uh, grow in your relationship. Again, the main idea here is that we have received Christ as Lord. Now, how did this happen? Well, we had to hear about it first, didn't we? All right, you had to hear about. It. So, heard about Him again. That's in that in that verse. We like to you know go through uh, the word that way, uh, and so heard about Him. And again, this has something to do with hearing the gospel. You heard it. Uh, Romans 10 verse 14 says, How then can they call on Him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about Him? And how can they hear without a preacher? God bless missionaries. Amen? People who are sent to people in the world who never heard Jesus Christ. Because it just doesn't happen. You have to hear the message of Jesus Christ. You have to hear it. Thank the Lord for that. First Corinthians 1 verse 23 even says, But we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But we preach Christ crucified. Is that what you're sharing uh, to the people around you? And also the word about is not in the original text at all. Uh, so it's more precisely you heard him. Not you heard about him, you heard him. Implying that the Ephesians had actually heard Christ's voice through the voice of their Christian teachers. God bless Sunday school teachers. Amen. God bless Vacation Bible School teachers. All right? Praise God. And see, uh, Colossians 1 verse 5 says, Because of the hope reserved for you in heaven, you have already heard about this hope in the word of truth, the gospel. You heard about it. So how did you come to Christ? See, at some point before you accepted Christ, and uh, you, you heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Again, thank the Lord. I know I was going to do all these thinking today, the but thank the Lord for preachers who preach the gospel. They your you, your feet might got stepped on. I can, I can remember growing up, man, brother Wilbur Wood, who's still preaching. All right, boy, he would step on my toes every Sunday. I would come out with, with one toe maybe left. Okay, um, and, you know, and and uh, I, I remember brother Elvin Dillard. Uh, at at Burnham, Burnham Christian Church, man, he would step on my toes. All right? Larry Massey, um, you know, he, he God rest his soul, he, he's moved on uh, to heaven now. But you know, I, those are ones in particular. That, man, I remember, boy, they would preach hard, you know, and, and they would preach the gospel. But I appreciate it. And why you know, I I would my I, my my knuckles have been white at the end of the service, you know, holding on to that pew in front of me, you know, because I was holding back. But I just thank God for for uh, those men who shared the gospel. Every, every time. Ephesians 1 says, In Him, all right, let's look at salvation here uh, more, more specifically. You were sealed with a promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. This is a whole other sermon for another time, but receiving the Holy Spirit, according to that verse, is when you believed. Okay, when you when you believed uh, in, in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not only did the Ephesians hear the gospel, they were, it says in that verse, uh, uh, taught by Jesus. Taught by Jesus. 2 Timothy 3.14 says, But as for you, continue what you have learned and firmly believed. You know those who taught you. See, a Jew would have learned a Torah, right? They would learn a Torah, the Old Testament uh, part there section. A Christian can now be said to learn Christ. You know, again, against another good reason, you know, to go to Sunday school and and and, and to be taught those things. And sir, most of you uh, were. So the uh, so the Ephesians heard the gospel, were taught by Christ, and then Paul makes it clear that this is important because of who Jesus is. Look at the end, and that's not up there, Miss Miss Rhonda. But let me read it to you again, verse twenty one. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, John fourteen six. Right? Y'all know that. Y'all know that verse. Jesus said, Jesus told him, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me." Amen. See, there are a lot of false doctrines, and man, there's some crazy beliefs out there. If I had more time, I would I would tell you more than just the next the following uh, five. But here are five examples of real religions. Okay, uh, you're going to be like, "What?" Okay, so here we go. Um, Iglesia Maradoniana, all right. Um, that is for the soccer player Diego Maradona. Right. And there's all these rules you have to follow. You have to have be undevoudedly uh, uh un just un just a complete devotion to soccer and all these things. So here's like all these things you have to do to be in that church. <laughs> okay. Or uh Jediism. People who love what? Star Wars. Star Wars yeah. Um just po- is a crazy one. Pasta far <laughs> Pastafarianism. You guessed it, yeah, pasta. Uh, they literally um, uh, worship the flying spaghetti monster. That would be the one you'll remember for this sermon today, probably. But anyway, that's okay. Uh, railism, ra- Railism, former race car driver, um, he claimed to have an alien invasion or like an alien encounter. And he had a whole church based off this, for real. This is crazy. All right, and the last one is Prince Philip movement. You know, God rest his soul. He, he just died here just recently, but, you know, he it was like a, a worship of him, all right, because uh, he wasn't getting enough attention, so they, you know, decided they would, uh, you know. Anyway, so there's a whole lot more, all right? That's just some. That's just some of the crazy religions out there. But, again, we, you know, we want to be very clear. Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth. I've heard a lot of people here recently the... The the fad the fad thing to say the the pauper thing to say is that I'm that I'm uh, living out my truth. You heard that, Brad? You're my truth. I'm learning, well, I'm just living out my truth. All right. Well, if if that's your truth, but that's his truth and and her truth, then what's truth, right? Okay. So truth is a person, Jesus Christ, Amen. It's a person, Jesus Christ. But real Christianity involves knowing Christ, repentance and recreation so let's look at repentance number two ephesians 4 verse 22 read with me it says to take off your former way of life the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires see repent it means to turn and go the opposite direction all right? that's what repentance means okay repentance and you come to know jesus as your savior you did that okay you said i'm not going that way anymore i'm gonna go towards christ and will i still have struggles yes we we will, all right? But it's saying, I'm not going that way anymore. I'm going to head and go uh, the, the opposite 180 um, direction there. See, to take off, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it means, you know, that part there says to lay aside your former way of life. There's another, there's another version of that okay, to take off your former way of life. The implication is that this has already happened at the moment of salvation, but it's also something that we should consciously try to do, okay? So if you, you know, believe uh, Jesus is God's Son, He died on the cross, He rose from the grave, all right? uh, and, and you, you believe this about Jesus Christ, okay? Um, it Basically, it's by principle, but then you have to put it in practice, all right, you have to live it every day. You have to make decisions every day, and that's where we are right now. It's something that we should consciously try to do. As long as we are in this flesh, we will have a fight on our hands. Right, All right. We're going to fight. We're going to fight our own flesh. We're going to fight Satan. We're going to have a fight. See, we must put into practice what is already true of us, what God has already made us to live it out but it's moment by moment. Again, look at the, the fact that Colossians has a parallel verse here. Uh, actually, verses Colossians 3, 8 through 9. It's more specific in this one. It says, But now put away all the following, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and filthy language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old self with its practices. See, in, in that particular um, section of, of Scripture, he gives specific things to do away with in, in, in our lives. As a detailed look at that former way of life. And I don't know about you all, but it's encouraging to know that other people have gone there. You know, like like for instance, like you 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 know, uh you, you lost a loved one, um, and then somebody else you know lost a loved one, but you can relate, you know. Um, or with somebody who has cancer, I can't relate to that yet. Of course I don't have it. Uh I have family members who do. But you know, just and, and a lot of times they'll say, you know, you can use your pain to help other people. And see, it's good to know that there are people who have been here and, and uh, walked uh, in, in, our, in our shoes before us. Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we, have, we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us. And I think of that, uh, people who have walked before us. You know, uh, Let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. It's encouraging to me because others have done it before what what does Steve Green famously sing all right, you probably know the song all right oh may all who come behind us find us faithful we play that song one time here right. may that be the case for us see I think we can all agree that our sin trips us up amen It's an obstacle there are there are definitely obstacles in our ways it's keeping us all, keeping us from being all who God wants us to be in Christ and it, and it trips us and it's a race and again notice it says to run with endurance. This race, you don't need much of that in a sprint, do you? You know, you have some of those sprint, those sprint runners, they can't really run marathons, you know, because they use all that energy right there in that 100 meters, okay? I can't run nearly any of it too much. You know, I actually could run a two mile back in the day, but that's about it. But yeah, um, but run with endurance, run with endurance. Also, there's other places where Paul uses light and dark imagery. And I know you're familiar with but let's look at that. Romans 13, verse 12. The night is nearly over and the day is near, so let us discard the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. May we walk as children of the light, not of the darkness, but of the light. And then Romans 6, 6 says, For we know that our old self was crucified with Him, so that the body ruled by sin might be rendered powerless, so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. This is interesting. It's not easy because I don't think we'd all agree that crucifixion is not easy. I don't even. I can't even imagine. Okay? It wasn't pretty. wasn't easy. And that's also a good point is here is that we are not enslaved to sin anymore. It says so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. See, as Christians, we can choose not to sin with the Holy Spirit's help. We have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We can't do it on our own, but because we have the Holy Spirit, we can actually choose not to. Right? Be- before salvation, you couldn't stop. You couldn't. You couldn't stop. You could try for a little while. All right? But it's all in your power. It wasn't really possible. Right? What else does it say in that verse about us in our former way of life? To take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires. Corrupted by deceitful desires. I mean, this isn't surprising to us, is it? Think about our lives before Christ. We've done that several times. you have gone through the book of Ephesians. All right, look at Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? Right? But then we still need to be on guard for sin's deception. Hebrews 3, verse 13 says, But encourage each other daily while it's still called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deception. And the encouragement is another reason why we gather together and worship together with the body of Christ to encourage one another. Amen? Brian Ch- Chappell says, Though our life Prior, prior to Christ was powerless to resist the work of Satan in us, we do not now have to yield to the patterns of the life we once knew. If we choose to crawl into the casket where our old self, though it is dead to us, we can be corrupted by our past, but we are not, I like this, we are not it controlled. I like that. That's a good idea. I, I couldn't say it better than him. We're not it controlled anymore. We're not, we're not dominated by the old way of life because we have Christ. We rely on Him. Take off those grave clothes, clothes and a way to do that is going to be the next verse. But again, real Christianity involves knowing Christ, the truth, right? Not some other crazy religion. Alright, Repent, okay? repent, turn to Him, turn from your old way of life, and then recreation. You're a new creature. New creature. Sally read a verse earlier about that. Okay. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creature. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. Ephesians four, verses twenty-three through twenty-four. I think it's going to be up there. Yes. All right. To be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. So again, point number three, recreation. As Christians, we don't believe that real fulfillment can be found in the ways of the world, do we? What did we sing in the song today? You know, although the volume was bad, I apologize for that. Lord, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. And my love, I love certain things, and you know, sports, and going to the beach, and all those type things. But there's nothing better than Christ, Amen. So as Christians, that's we we believe that real fulfillment it can't be found in the in the ways of the world. It can't. We know that God Almighty brings true true contentment, Amen. Romans twelve verse two says, "Do not be conformed to this age." but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And, and as I preached through this uh, scripture before, you know, conforming is easy. It just means to be like them. It's easy to be like the world. Right? I mean, I've been there. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm the only one. Right? But to be transformed is different. See, transform, that word there, it's the same word of like metamorphosis. If you've never heard this, I think you probably have, but metamorphosis, is to change. Uh, it literally is what happens to a caterpillar before it comes to a butterfly. All right? I'm sure they didn't feel too good for the caterpillar at some point. right? Okay, all right? And so it, it, it's not easy, right? but we have to transform by the renewing of our mind so we may discern what's a good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. It's a difficult process. Colossians 3, verse 10 says, And have put on the new self. See a parallel between Ephesians and Colossians today. And have put on the new self. You are being renewed in knowledge according to the image of your Creator. Renewed in knowledge. It reminds me, as far as knowledge goes, of a sad story when uh, in the Bible where Nicodemus just didn't get it. Y'all remember that story? I'll put it on the screen. John 3, verses 3-6. through 6, Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can anyone be born when he's old? Nicodemus asked him. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born in the flesh is flesh, whatever is born in the spirit is spirit. Nicodemus just didn't get it. And we can look at scripture, it says, you know, that the the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It doesn't make sense to him. It doesn't make sense. and they just didn't get it. But we thank God that as Christians, we can be renewed in knowledge of Jesus Christ. And, and we can be in the Word and we can be learning about Him. Amen? All right? and, and growing in our relationship with Him. Charles Spurgeon, y'all know, one of my favorites. Okay? I quote him often. Often said the following, So if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ, and I, I know this is kind of a longer uh, statement here, but I just, I just really like what he says. You must live with Him. First he must himself speak to you, and afterwards you must abide in him. He must be the choice companion of your morning hours. He must be with you throughout the day, and with him you must also close the night. As often as you may wake during the night, you must say, When I am awake, I am still with thee. Still with God. Amen? No matter where you are in life, you have Jesus Christ. If you accept Christ your Savior, you have him with you. The idea here is that Christ is on our minds. What do we think about? Let's look back at Ephesians 4, verse 24. And to put on the new self, the one created according to the God's likeness and righteousness and purity of the truth. In other words, change your clothes. Right? Change of clothes. Put on the new self. You take something off. You put something else on. Right? Uh, have you ever heard the, the, the expression "dress to impress"? You know. I mean, let's let's admit even even those who like to, us like to get out there and work in the dirt and all. You know, in, in the field and all. We also don't mind kind of looking nice every now and then. You know. I don't know, Brad and Joseph, y'all should share those pictures of y'all all dressed up snazzly at that wedding, you know, All right, and sharing it on Facebook. Dressed to impress. I should, you know, I should make my guys wear certain, wear certain ties. You know, I just thought it would good. You know, um, and, and said something about them. And you think during this time of year, the, the guys are, you know, getting their suits for prom and the girls are getting their pretty dresses, and, you know, to, to dress to impress. Again, as a Christian, we should look different than the rest of the world gospel transformation bible um, said this when christ calls us to himself it is always a call to leave the world die to self and live for god let us never accept a false gospel which says we can have jesus as our savior without also having him as lord he's going to be controlling your life he should be as a christian it must be both or neither they said and this simply means to allow Jesus to have control of your life again. I've said it earlier. I'll say it again. The believer is already in principle, and is becoming in practice part of God's new creation. We 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 are in principle, but in pr- we had to put it in practice every day. Right? It's, it's living out that life. It's deciding, I'm you know to to change our clothes right, every day. We don't wear the same clothes every day. I don't think it'll be kind of weird. Right? Um, when when Christ. Uh, when Christ calls us to Himself again, it's always a call to leave the world, die to self, and live for God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, as Sally read earlier, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see the new has come. We're a new creation. We've got new clothes. You ever notice how everyone loves to get the new shiny thing? Did anyone remember when the iPhone first came out? Oh my goodness. And, I, and Sally, I think, told you all the story that her stupid, you know, husband here, uh, um, you know, stayed, stood in line for a couple hours to pay. How much was it? Six hundred dollars for a, for a, for a phone. Um, so, yeah, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. We had to have that new thing, right, Jimmy? Had to have it or that new, new shiny car, or a, or a new shiny car, a new shiny dog, maybe for you. All right, there you go. Yeah, okay. I had to, I had to get. So hit something for you, <laughs> and when you, you get it, it's so cool. Right, because, again, the new has come. The old has got, has passed away. The new has come. Romans 6, verse 4 says, Therefore we were buried with Him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. i, I got to read that again. We were buried with Him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in newness of life. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of of, of uh, of what what do you call it earlier? Casket casket control? I'm I'm guilty of that. Alright? I I I'm still want to live in the casket that's dead, you know. But rather than walking in newness of life, we gave our lives to Christ and Christ is still no longer in the grave, amen? Right? We live our lives in a reflection sometimes that's not the case. Right? That's not the case in our lives sometimes. It, we, the way we live our lives, and I'm being I'm being honest. It's an old me for me, you know, my my own toes being stepped on. That I don't live that way. Sometimes I I live as if he's still in the grave. That I don't have that resurrection life that's in Jesus Christ. Amen. I have to preach a little bit, Mr. Tommy. Amen. We need to constantly try to bury that old person. To bury that old person. Romans 13 verse 14 says, "But put on the Lord Jesus Christ." Changing clothes today is what we're talking about, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify gratify its desires. So the areas, I, I you know, I, I've it's it's been a little bit strange sometimes to have to to uh, teach um, lessons at school uh, with students. And this you know, this year I had you know, my my niece, you know, Brad's sister, in my class, and it's it's it's, it's strange because you you know, every time I, we talk about alcohol, I like to be very honest with them, you know, and tell them that 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 was a struggle for me. It was a struggle for me, you know, and some students kind of looked at me, you know, like, you know, and I'm thinking, I don't know if my niece ever heard this, you know, uh, but, but I, you know, I wanted to, to be clear with them. So I said, no, look, you know, so that means when, that, when, you know, when I did get my life to Christ shortly after that time, I couldn't be in a bar. I, I, I couldn't be in places where that was even a, a hint of, uh, you know, uh, I didn't want to give provision for the flesh, Yeah, you And know, to say, hey. You know, I, so I, I remove myself from the situation, and so I try to tell them those things, so they say, you know, this is practical. You can live this, you know, you, you set have to, you know, be smart in what you're doing. And but anyway, it's a conscious decision to change clothes. You decide to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we have it in principle, we're we're saved. I'm not trying. I'm not here to, uh, you know, uh, unless God is telling you to question your salvation. I'm not saying that, all right. You you believe that God, that Jesus is God's son. He died on a cross. He rose from the grave. All right, you're saved. What I am saying though. Is we have to decide to put them on every day. All right? We have to decide to put them on. And look at the end of verse 24. The one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Beautiful words. Righteousness and purity of the truth. Because, see, these same qualities describe God Almighty, do they not? Righteousness and purity. And they are in direct contrast contrast to our formal, sinful lives. we couldn't live in righteousness and purity on our own, couldn't do it on our own. Okay? True righteousness and holiness only comes through Christ. so to sum it up, while we have freedom from sin's eternal penalty already as Christians, freedom from that former way of life comes only through our daily pursuit for obedience and holiness and and, and making the decision to to take off some clothes and put on these clothes you, so I have one more story that I, I like to give credit to Brian Chapelle for for uh, for introducing to me. I think I'd heard it before, but I read it as well when I was studying for this message. He tells this story, and I, I'm, I'm guessing some of you may have heard it. It's pretty. To me, it's pretty incredible. I, I like I like World War II stuff. You know, uh, my my papa, uh, God rest his soul, was in World War II, and he would tell me all sorts of stuff. I was always amazed by. it. Like, oh man, that was a great generation right there, you know. It says, on July 30th, 1945, the heavy cruiser USS Indianapolis was heading home across the Pacific, having having delivered a cargo of enriched uranium that would be instrumental in the ending of World War II. So they just delivered a very crucial point here that was going to like, it's going to end the war. A Japanese torpedo, however, ended the return journey. In the first 12 minutes after the attack, 300 men died. More than 900 men, some grievously wounded, ended up in the salt water without fresh water to drink or shelter from the sun and with no protection from sharks. Of of the 900 that entered the water, only 316 survived the four days and five nights in the ocean. Four days, five nights in the ocean. The chief medical officer, Captain Lewis Haynes, was one of the survivors and reported the following on what happened. When the hot sun came out, he said, and we were in this crystal clear water, you were so thirsty you couldn't believe it wasn't good enough to drink. This water, why can't I have it? I had a hard time convincing the men that they shouldn't drink it. The real young ones, you take away their hope, you take away their water and food, they they would drink the salt water and would, would go fast, would die fast. I can remember striking men, like physically hitting men, right, and punching men who were drinking salt water to try to stop them. They would get dehydrated and then they would come, become very maniacal. There were all sorts of mass hallucinations, they said. It was amazing how everyone would see the same thing. It was like this mass hallucinations when they would do that, when drink the water. One man would see something and then everyone else would see it. Even I fought hallucinations off and on, but something always brought me back. It's an awful account, is it not? I'm sure some of you already see the point that's being, that's being made. See, he basically tells us that sin looks so enticing and innocent. Why can't I play in that? Why can't I have some of that? The water, Like the water and ocean. It, it looks so clear and innocent, but once one partakes of it, it not only fails to satisfy, but makes us desire more and more of what is actually not good for us at all. That'll preach. Poison even. And it deadens our senses to what's really good. Oh man, we think it's good. How can I have that water? We do this again. It Sin, the same way. And it deadens us to what's actually good for us. And then when our minds are darkened to its effects, we begin to see hallucinations with the rest of the world. Convincing us that there is hope where there really is hopelessness. Without Christ, there is no hope. I can't tell you the the, the times I I wanted to say stuff like that. I'm sure Mr. Lawrence, Miss Dana, Sally has wanted to say the same thing to students, you know, as, as well. You wanted to tell them, you know, Miss Donna, that you know there 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 is a hope. You know, I, I know you're struggling right now, and we're supposed to teach, tell you as teachers to go to college to get a trade. All right, and we leave out the most important thing, which is Jesus Christ, and leave it out because He is the hope, and, and everything else is all hopelessness. Amen. It really is. We can live, you know, decent lives, you know, if you call it decent whatever that may be, you know. But without Christ, it truly is hopelessness. As Brian Chappell said, and I asked Mr. Loris and Ms. Sally to come, as Chappell said, the reason that sin does not satisfy is the same reason that salt water does not. We were made for what the Bible calls living water. Amen, Brother Tommy? Living water. The truth and life that are in Christ Jesus. Those who are redeemed will will find only in Him and in a life He designs the health and happiness for which we were made. It's the only way to find it. Doesn't mean every day is going to be sunshines and rainbows, all right, and skittles flying down, which would have been awesome, especially the tropical kind. Amen. But it does mean that in the midst of, of it all, we have hope. I, I read a, a sad story um, this past week, and actually it was yesterday, and I shared it with my mom, and my mom just texted me back. She said, I don't even have words. I don't even know what to say about it. But the but it was incredible because it was the words of a man I don't have it word for word in my head, but all I can tell you it was it was a man who whose three year old died. His three year old son. And it was the year it was a year anniversary of that. So it happened about a year ago. Can you imagine? Losing a three year old. But the fate for that man, he was like, I still try I don't understand, but I still trust God. We still trust in the Lord God Almighty. Even when we don't understand, in fact, that's the only one we can go to when we don't understand, Amen. And I was amazed at the faith of that man, and I was challenged by him. And I said, I want you know, like we read a couple what, a couple weeks ago, you know, help my unbelief. You know, I do believe. It help my unbelief. I do have faith, but can I have some faith like that? Can I have some more of that? I that would be my prayer. May we hold fast, knowing our Savior will rescue us. He has and He will, Amen. I want to end a little differently today. And of course, if you have never accepted Christ as your Savior and Lord, I want to encourage you to make that decision today. And uh, maybe it's just a change in your life. You want to recommit, you know, in your own heart to to rededicate your life to God. You don't have to come up to here and tell me that. All right, you you do that on your own. It's between you and God. But I want to read to you one one last thing here in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. And Miss Rhonda is not up there. Okay. And uh, she always does an awesome job. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15. Just look at this and remember the idea of change. Okay. Am I going over today? I don't know. Maybe a little. First Corinthians 15 starting in verse 51. says, listen, I'm telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Woo, amen. Don't let me get excited here a little bit at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we will be changed. For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Weird death is your, is your victory. We're death is your name. The thing of death is sin and the power of sin is a law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Lord Jesus Christ. Not through Buddha, not through Muhammad, not through trying to earn your way, through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, and this is my encouragement to you today. Be steadfast. Be immovable. Always excelling in the Lord's work because you know that your labor and the Lord is not in vain. Be encouraged today as we sing. Let's stand and sing 275